for your word and thank you, Lord, that your word is holy. Your word is true. It's just and it's right. We thank you, Lord, for giving us your spirit to help us rightly divide the word of truth, that we might live by it, bear fruit with it, and know it. So we thank you for that privilege, Father. In Jesus' name, amen. Praise God. Amen, amen, amen. So we're still talking about the church that fears the Lord and what um, what characteristic or characteristics that church might present in the world. Also, the benefits of fearing the Lord. So we talked about the word fear really meaning a deep reverence for God, a deep respect, and in some ways... A fear, a real fear of God. Now, when you when you live as a, a covenant, uh, co- you live in covenant relationship with God. The fear of of say you know getting on the bad side of God. You know we talk about the um, the goodness, but there's also a severity to God. You know the Bible talks about that. Where God will not tolerate evil, he will not tolerate sin. But when you walk in covenant with him, that part of him is very distant from you. It's far from your thinking because you are are more in harmony with God. You, You love God. You seek to obey and serve him. So you're not really thinking the shoe is going to, you know, the other shoe is going to drop, so to speak. But there is that aspect of understanding God. And then there is, a like when we came to the Lord, we, we understood that there was the possibility, the very real possibility, that we could go to hell eternally. And so there was at least the fear of God's judgment in the place of judgment. So there was a fear of God that was healthy that brought us into repentance and relationship with God. So after you're in relationship with God, that <coughs> fear of judgment is not that that compelling. It's not that close to you. You know, you don't think about that uh, on a regular. Um, you know, <clears throat> I don't know if that's good or bad, to be honest with you, because sometimes that needs to be refreshed <laughs> in the believer, because oftentimes we do get lax in our our um, our understanding of God, I found that oftentimes, unless the first impressions of God are kind of renounced, they stay with us. You know, they kind of like it, say, for instance, if when we all our first um, contact with with God or religion or thoughts of God probably came in churches where they didn't preach the gospel. You know, there were just religious churches. You went, you didn't feel good all the time, but after you left, you thought, well, I got checked in for that period of time, so it's over with. There was a duty there and an obligation, but with that, with religion also comes a false understanding of who God is, you know, a false picture of his character where sometimes we're not as reverent toward God as we need to be. And so that needs to be renounced. Like, you know, if you're if you grew up in a denomination that was just religion, that you need to go to God and tell him, I know that was wrong and now I'm in the real so that that thing doesn't follow you and creep into your thinking on a regular basis so that you can be free 
of of that you know i know i talk i was talking with someone who grew up in a like a pentecostal um atmosphere and i guess one of their things was that they had church seven days a week so you wouldn't get into trouble you know well they made their own trouble right there in the church you know it was like a big social organization and you know there were the big eyes the little u's and all of that so you know you don't know if you helped them very much by making them stay in there and so she was telling me that they would do things like on new year's eve go from church to church all night long and it was like i said what's the difference between that and going to clubs i said i know y'all wasn't praying all night come on now it wasn't it was like a a plaything to them you know well we've hit so-and-so's church at four in the morning and i'm thinking I mean, because they had to be there, and they it wasn't God, you know. I mean, God wasn't in the plan at all. It was just a religious thing where they were expected, and the young people did, you know, the older people, I guess, were in there praying. Hopefully, somebody was praying, but the young people ran from church to church. I'll meet you over so-and-so, and, you know, all this. Just, just leave God out of it. If that's all you're going to do, just go someplace else. But there's an irreverence there. See, they totally lost sight of the fact that, you know, it was it was for God. So those things do have to be renounced or else people will keep those attitudes. You know, they can come into the real, but that will dominate if it's not corrected, you know, through renunciation. And so we have to make sure those things are, are uh, taken care of. You know, any kind of trace of religion and needs to be gotten rid of so that that fear and that reverence though of god is is a real thing you know uh, it's not it's not something you can say well that's just not right you know that's that we shouldn't think of god don't rebuke people when they they look at god that way because that is an aspect of his character because he is the final judge of all humanity and so you have to allow people to come to know God in in a way where they know they have peace with him. But that peace is only made one way, and that's through the blood of the cross. This is why people will, will argue with Christians about, you know, what's your view on homosexuality? You know what I'm going to ask about? I'm thinking, oh, brother, why is that the big deciding factor? in society anymore but you know they they because they would prefer that god not dislike sin period you know i mean they many of them have gotten to the place now where they feel like at least some sin is acceptable and tolerable because there's it's so prevalent and people are so bold about uh their sinful lives uh you know heterosexuals are involved in fornication they don't want to get married and so they they accept that you know well it must be okay somewhere because god hasn't done anything to me yet you know so let's see who else we can get in this this pot with us and so that that attitude that the world has is there because they have lost that judgmental fear of god and they're trying to get rid of it from the earth they're trying to get rid of it for all people so when they tell you that people now want to 
homosexuals now want the sacraments of God, you know, like legitimate marriage and stuff like that. That's trying to force us to renounce that that only uh, God only recognizes heterosexual marriage. You know, the rest of it is what you call it. Just don't call it marriage because that ain't it. It ain't what that is. Because marriage is already defined. You don't redefine anything that's been defined by God. Just like you, you couldn't redefine the heavens and the earth. That's already you know, you don't move the stars around and say we're going to do something different up there. It's the same thing with everything else. <laughs> you know, I mean, they'll try it now. Trust me. I mean, some idiot that want to try and manipulate everything. But, you know, I mean, you have to respect certain things as being set by God. And so when 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 that happens, then the the world is attempting to manipulate the fear of the Lord. They're trying to take the real fear out of God, you know, that he has for people and get people to be kind of casual about their lives. You know, it doesn't matter. Uh, Oh, everybody does that. God understands. And, you know, well, we all go to heaven. And, you know, when somebody dies, even if they're a sinner, they're my angel. You know, they ain't going to say they're in heaven, but they'll say they're an angel. You know, so, yeah, right angel of light just like the rest of them demons they was living for they went to their father the devil you know if god didn't intervene with mercy somebody had planted that seed and they got to cry out to the lord that's exactly where they went so in this day and age nobody goes to hell anymore everybody turns up in heaven whether they curse god loved him served him feared him or whatever they just all wind up in the same place that's why they'll tell you all roads lead to the same place well that's just not true so those of us who fear the lord have to guard that you have to you have to defend that and guard that you know and i'm not saying you got to go out publicly and argue with people but it must be defended in your own life in your own soul so in deuteronomy chapter 6 this is this is Moses still talking yeah this is him giving the law and preaching to the people explaining to them God's ways and God's mind and who God is so forth and so on and he talks about the word and how it's to be kept ever before you and the church that fears the Lord that's that's one of our our um, mandates <clears throat> that the word should be ever before us. In verse eight, he says, "To bind it through your to your hand, and you know, bind them for a sign on your hand." They, they used to do that. You know, the Pharisees would wear their phylacteries and stuff like that with little scriptures in them. They shall be as frontlets between your eyes. They'd wear them on their heads too, like bangs, like little bangs. Write them upon the posts of your house and on your gates. And it shall be when the Lord your God shall have brought you into the land which he swore to your fathers to give you great and goodly cities that you did not build and houses full of all good things which you did not fill and wells dig which you didn't dig, vineyards and olive trees which you did not plant. When you shall have eaten to the full, beware. When you're satisfied with life, beware. 
lest you forget the Lord, which brought you forth out of the land of Egypt from the house of bondage. It's good to receive the blessing of the Lord in its proper season. That's one of the things that, that God, you know, when you fear God, you'll want what he wants for you when he wants it for you. It's not just what he wants, but when he wants He says, you shall fear the Lord your God and serve him and shall swear by his name. So fear him and serve him. See, there are many people who love God. Oh, I love the Lord. They like to worship and blah, blah, blah. But they don't want to serve. They like the music. They even like the preaching. But when you get up from that and have to carry it out and walk it out, then they don't want that so he says fear the lord and serve him that's how you prove you you fear god the church that fears the lord serves god and he says and don't go after other gods see the pursuit of the things that the world pursues should not have a taste for you you should not have a taste for those things Because that's what he's talking about in serving other gods. He says the gods of the people that are round about you. And that's so easy to do. You know, because we have access to so many worldly things. Or the things that we, we possess in the world, we have to be careful we don't use them in the same way that the world does. Hmm? So many times, like I will see people, say like ministers that you see on Facebook. You know, many times they'll be on there and they'll have a lot of stuff on there. And you can tell they're trying to get some following, you know, for something. Now, some of it's good, but oftentimes it can get into something that's not good because they see it as an opportunity perhaps to get people involved in their ministry in such a way that they can get access to people and and for not such good purposes you know you see them asking for offerings on there you ask for money on there well if if that's what you're going to do get your own website that serves the people so that you're sowing something spiritual to them so that you're entitled to reap their carnal fruits you see the word still has to apply i don't care where you're applying it and so, and then you see all these other people on there. Well, everybody's on there that claims to be a Christian, puts a scripture on there, or wants to prophesy to somebody or something like that. And so <clears throat> many times we can have access to the tools of the world, but you have to be careful to use them in the way that God wants you to use them. There's nothing wrong with these things. But if you're doing the same thing the world does with them, then that puts you over into that category of serving other gods. You know, you just don't know how to, you know, divide that off so that what you're doing is a service and it's obedience to God and it's a blessing all the way around instead of kind of trying to ensnare people with something, you know, and, and uh, you know, get the world's goods out of them, you know, by those means. So we have to be careful in the world that we're still serving God in the world. There's a lot of things that the world has to offer that would come to us, but they must come to us by by the fear of the Lord, by serving him, worshiping him, 
<clears throat> he says, don't go after the other gods that are from of the people that are around you. And there's so many of them. There's so many of them. There's things to lust after. There's things to seek after. There's things to want to make your life more comfortable, you know, and, and they can be taken to excess. So you have to really understand that when we're here in this world, that we must um, always keep that fear of the Lord up front. I don't want to get ahead of God because if I do that, then I'm I'm prone to not be able to possess what what it is that I desire. You know, some people chase one thing forever and never ever get it. Or when they get it, they just jump in the flesh and grab it, and it never works out for them. You know, it becomes a, a you know a snare to them or something like that, and it's it's not good. And so we have to submit everything. Fear of the Lord really means you submit everything to His scrutiny. Now, I'm all for claiming what you desire by faith. You know, but you can't go shopping in the Bible and, you know, just picking stuff up and got your cart full and hey, check out time. You know, God, check me out. You know, those things, it, it, they must come to you as as revealed in your spirit. There has to be a, a grab in your spirit for these things and not just I, just the I searching and you know going through and seeing i can have this i can have this this and this and more of it kind of thing so it's best to let god lead you into those things faith comes by hearing faith has to come to you you can't grab it you got it it's not yours to grab it's not a grab you know i mean a lot of times we'll confess the word a lot and you build up your faith in that word but when it comes time for that thing to materialize only god has that timing on that you got me so that that still that respect has to be given to him we can't just take um, based on what we think we believe and how strong our faith is <clears throat> strong faith is needed but not for lying in our pockets it's needed to help people that you know we usually just walk past you know faith will make you notice people and and desire to obey god on their behalf so this is totally different so but anyway so and then over in verse 24 he says here in verse 22 he says and the lord showed signs and wonders great and sore upon egypt and upon pharaoh and on all his all his household before our eyes and he brought us out from there that he might bring us in okay. he brings you out to not to leave you outside not to take anything from you see we've got to get this concept of God straight because when you fear God you'll see him in the right way he brings you out of one lifestyle to bring you into a better one so he always brings you out to bring you in and to give us the land which he swore to our fathers he brought Joseph out of prison to bring him into the palace amen he brought moses out of egypt to bring him into the wilderness and the the calling of the the first minister over god's people first ruler over god's people 
And so he <clears throat> always has better things for us. Always. You're not giving up anything. He's just bringing you out of something where you were ensnared and he brings you into a, a great freedom. But also he wants you bound to him so that you can be blessed where you are. You can't be blessed if you're just free to roam around and, and not get anywhere. So he brings us out to bring us into his kingdom, his way of doing things. And so in verse 24, and the Lord commanded us to do all these things, every single one of them, all of his statutes, to fear the Lord our God for our good. See, this is for your good. The fear of the Lord is for our good. So really the church that fears the Lord knows it's for their good. They don't complain about you know, what what they can't do anymore or restrictions or when is it going to uh, turn around for me? When am I going to get my breakthrough? When am I going to get my blessing? You know that, that when you fear God you have an understanding that he's a just God, he's a fair God, but he's also a jealous God. He doesn't want you going after other gods. He wants you solely committed to him and only to him. So, <clears throat> so God will... He does have uh, rewards for obedience, and without obedience, there is no reward. Ma'am, there is no reward without obedience to God. So he says he wants to do us good always to preserve us alive. Huh? He wants to preserve you alive. That's why he wants you to stay close to him. That's why he wants you to worship him and fear him. Put him first. Don't get involved with the world and what the world desires, but reverence and serve God. I was just thinking about uh, Whitney Houston, how sad her life was, and she was surrounded with Christians on a regular basis. They're, you know, not, after she's gone, Christians come out of the woodworks, you know. But I know she had a a long relationship with. Um, uh, C.C. Winans, they were friends. I think she was even in her wedding party or something when she, you know, they do some singing things together and so forth and so on. And, um, you know, but God had to slip her away from here while nobody was watching. You know, it's amazing. When people leave here, you see how they leave and you see what God had to do to make sure he could keep their salvation for them. See, he won't take anybody unless he can get them right. Before they go, he's, he saves to the uttermost, the Bible says. We have security in him. We have a covenant of life, preservation of life. And so he can get people to where they can repent. And, and you know, he determines the length of their days. You know, he'd rather have you on the other side any day than to lose you forever. Well, so this is this is part of what he does. He's just doing, he's being God and keeping his covenant keeping his covenant and so people who are surrounding these people don't have the wisdom to know how to go to God on their behalf and you know direct them the right way then they'll they'll have to be without that individual you know in life because God is a jealous God he will take you away from here rather than lose you eternally and or to spoil your witness there is a certain call that he has for people on the earth, and he means for us to leave a good report behind. 
so that we have a reward as well on the other side. And so all of these things are taken into consideration by God. I remember Brother Hagen um, talking about a relative of his. I think it was, he had all kinds of uncles and cousins. You know, he's, he had one uncle, Uncle Dub. I remember him. <laughs> uncle Dub never did get saved. You know, he, they preached to him. He said, one day Uncle Dub came in and said, I got saved. <laughs> you know, that kind of stuff. It wasn't him. But uh, whoever it was, this this uncle was married to uh, an aunt of Brother Hagen's, and so Brother Hagen said that <clears throat> she called and said he was sick, and and so he said, you know, I'd prayed for for her before, and I just went and said, well, God, I thank you for healing his brother, so and so, and he said he never could get peace whenever he would pray for him like that, and so uh, some one day he asked, he said, well, Lord, aren't you going to heal him? And God said, no, not this time. He said, do you realize? That I have finally got him to the place where his heart's right toward me, where he's repentant, where I can, I've got him to the point where I can take him home now. I'm taking him home. And he took him home. You got me? So God looks at eternity. That's a long time. You got me? Long time compared to this little business we do down here. And so he he is faithful to get us prepared for that because why? He's a jealous God. He's not going to let the devil have you. Once once he's paid for you, he's not going to let the devil steal you. Not going to do it. Not going to do it. And so we have to understand that about God. We have to understand that about him. So his word is our preservation. Is that word preserves us. You hold on to the word of God. It, it's a preserver in and of itself. Whether you live to see it come to pass or not, it will preserve you. It will preserve you. So we must live. Fear the Lord. Do all of his commandments. Because he's going to do us good. Preserve us alive. And it will be our righteousness. That fear of the Lord will be accounted to you as righteousness. Why? Because then you can take on his attributes. Once you give yourself over to him, then you are like him. You take on his holiness. You take on his words. You take on his wisdom. You take on his mind. You take on on the righteousness of God. Psalm 33 tells us, That the eye of the Lord is on those that fear him. It says the eye of the Lord is upon them that fear him, upon them that hope in his mercy. Not scared of his judgment or scared of his wrath. See, when the blood of Jesus has paid for your sins, that's all laid down. You have peace with God. Amen. To deliver their soul from death and to keep them alive in famine. Preserve your soul from death and to keep you alive in famine. It's because you put him first in everything. Don't ever start 
rushing around and doing things and you don't have time to consult the Lord. Don't make any plans without him letting him put things in your heart first. They have to be carried in your heart. If you try to carry them anyplace else, they may not come to pass. So a lot of times we carry things in our souls. Our soul wants to get excited about things. But if you carry these things in your heart the way they're supposed to be carried, they're put in there by God. And they'll mature and they'll come to pass and they'll be strong. They'll be a blessing. They'll have all the attributes of God's blessing upon them. But if it's just a soulish thing, you know, something that, you know, one of the things that gets gets people is the trying to keep up with each other. You know, the keeping up with the Joneses kind of attitude. And I want this. They see somebody else with it and they want that. Well, if that's for you, God puts it in your heart. He He has it for you. But it doesn't come uh, with with covetousness, you know, where you see it and your eyes desire it to possess it because somebody else has it. You know, you just want it because somebody else has it. It has to be put in your heart by God. And that's everything, folks. You know, it's from the smallest thing, from your job, your career, your, you know, your family, who you marry, uh, your children, how many you have, when you have them, all that kind of stuff. That has to be put in there by God so that it grows, matures, and then it can be a blessing to you. It comes out of the fruit of the spirit of your heart of God. So when you fear the Lord, you'll wait for him to start to put those things in you. You know, and you'll tell because your prayers will go in that direction. You know, he'll let you get involved. You can pray for it, (laughs) you know. So what's in your heart will come up in your prayer. And so you'll be able to to put that before the Lord and pray and ask God to provide that for you. And and he'll do it, you know. It's better to do that than to go and and commit for it and then start looking for him to co-sign it, you know. Anybody ever needed a co-signer? I used to, years ago in my life, I did, once or twice, and, you know, it was sweat. You know, are they going, who do I, oh, Lord, I don't want to, there's nobody seems to be the right candidate to ask to underwrite your your credit when you're not credit worthy. And so it, it's, it can be a sweat. And so God doesn't want his kids to sweat. He wants us to receive what we receive as an inheritance. Something that has come to us at the proper time because it's matured on the inside of us. And now it's time for God to bring it into your life. So it's a good thing. This is a good thing because we'll always be prosperous. It says the eye of the Lord is upon those that fear him. And he watches us with love and protection. It's a loving eye. It's not trying to see when you're going to mess up. So he can tell you you're all messed up. So it says our soul waited for the Lord. He is our help and our shield. And that's what your soul has to do. You, you have to let your soul be peaceful and wait for God. To let you get excited about something. You know what I'm saying? I mean, you can. Now, <clears throat> spiritual excitement, emotional excitement, you know, all that can can be accomplished. Sometimes it's accomplished before the natural manifestation of it. 
You see, you can you can get joy and rejoicing on the inside of you with the knowledge and understanding that it's granted to you. You know, you oh wow, geez, God, that's oh that's good. I want that. That that'll work for me. And so many times your soul in waiting on God can experience all the benefits of having and possessing without ever seeing it in the natural. It's just there, you know. It's just a a sense of fulfillment, a sense of accomplishment, a sense of, you know, wow, that too, huh? You know, sometimes God is like that. You know, he'll just begin to bless you with things or bless you uh in just out of nowhere it'll come sometimes and and that's a joyous thing because there are some times when you may have to really labor and and wrestle against yourself not to give up on certain things that you're asking for so it's good to know that you know and sometimes he'll just send you a little little message i love you message you know where it just you know it's just something will work so easy for you or something will work out uh, so well and it'll it'll be a, a good thing it'll be a blessing for you and so it's just good to understand that that's how he he does things you know it's really nice you can depend on him so he will deliver us from death and keep us alive and famine didn't say famine won't come but he keeps you alive through it you see so the earth is always going to undergo some kind of lack there's always going to be lack in different places on the earth. Jesus said, the poor you will have with you always. So, you know, there's always going to be, you know, I, I can appreciate some of, oh, we can end childhood hunger by this year and that year. But that's probably not true because you don't have the power to do it. If they had the power to do it, they could make that boast. But it's good to to help people. You see, it's good to help people. It's better to help them with the understanding of God, you know, with the understanding of God. So Psalm 34, verse 7, it says, The angel of the Lord encamps around them that fear him and delivereth them. Now he's talking about angel singular. And it's sometimes in the Old Testament that referred to the Lord Jesus Christ the chief lord of hosts so really he's talking here about um somebody who can fight for you especially somebody who can war for you it says oh taste and see that the lord is good blessed is the man that trusts in him fear and trust are somewhat related but they can be totally different Sometimes people can have a reverence or a fear of God that borders on judgmental fear. And that doesn't take into account that, that, uh, that they can trust. See, there's uh, an element of distrust when someone has power. In fact, many people are afraid of power. You know, they don't want to get involved with it because they don't know if they can control it that's one of the fears that people have and so even though God is all-powerful he can be trusted he can be trusted because Jesus is our great high priest he's he's walked in our steps 
So there's a, a sense of kinship with God through Jesus Christ. He kind of tones down that that fear, fear aspect and makes it more respectful, makes it more in line with the relationship, a family relationship. We can look at God the Father as our Father personally. And so as our Father, we can know that we can trust him. That comes across through Jesus mediates that relationship for us. And it comes across that way in a godly, reverential way. But we do know we can trust him. He he only has good to do for us all the days of our lives. He'll do us good only. Only do us good. So as we get to know and love God, we get to know his goodness. We get to know that if we obey and serve him, the different things. So your your life then becomes consumed with obedience and service rather than wondering, if, is this pleasing? Is that not pleasing? You know, there are times when your mind will drift that way. You know, it's, it's taking too long. Wonder, 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 wonder. See, that's when you're getting off into the the. I call it neurotic fear just because it's so emotional and and out of whack. And so if you will repent and get yourself back into a peace with God, that lifts off of you. And you start to see yourself as not so much lacking, but just, you know, I'm getting impatient. I've stepped over in the flesh and I need to get back in the spirit where, you know, I, I understand and I can trust God. That's where you trust him is when you're in the spirit. So it says here, the angel of the Lord encamps around them that fear him. And then verse 9, O fear the Lord, ye his saints, for there is no want to them that fear him. No lack whatsoever when you trust God, when you worship God, when you reverence God. He says, even the young lions will lack and suffer hunger. They're, you know, the king of beasts, so to speak. You know, they're most powerful animal. He said, but they that seek the Lord shall not want any good thing. So this will make you stronger than a lion, a young lion. Man, just the fear of the Lord. Psalm 103, he'll turn there. One o three and thirteen, it says, "Like a father pities his children, or has a kind eye toward them, looks upon you kindly." So the Lord pitieth them that fear Him. So He doesn't expect more of you than you're capable of. You know, I'll hear people beat themselves up. You know, well, I should be able to to do this by now. And, uh, you know, it's just a lot of talk. You know, we really don't mean it. (laughs) What makes you think you're so capable? You can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. So you got to get your strength from God. Says he knows our frame. He remembers that we're dust and we're trying to be all mature and powerful we should be able to master this by now. The fact that you think that way means that you probably won't. You're trying to master it without him. You've got it twisted a little bit. 
So he he will will do that. He will <coughs> look upon us with that kind of understanding. See, he knows that we need his help. See, you should never beat yourself up because you don't do everything right. To me, that's so silly because that's now God not how God sees us at all. He sees us as children needing a father, needing guidance, needing help, understanding. You know, you've got the Holy Spirit living in you. You've got Jesus, the character of Christ, living in you. You've got the the blessing of the Father over your life, you know, all of the Godhead dwelling in us bodily, you see, because of the Spirit of Christ in us. If you were just so competent, you wouldn't have all that help within you. You got me? And so we need more than anything to learn how to lean on our help rather than trying to master everything like this is some Christian contest or something. No, this isn't about that. It's about you understanding your covenant with God, you being able to live uh, for God and please God, please yourself in life, all of that. It's about living. It's not about any kind of contest. So his mercy is upon those who fear him. Like a father pitieth his children. So he watches us that way. His mercy is upon those who fear him. So we do need his mercy. That's that's the, the, the key. Is that there is a favor in God that comes with this covenant. And you can't take God's word and run off with it. And try to master it outside of submitting to God. You know, in reverence and fear, everything it, he he has to touch things before he releases them to us. In Isaiah chapter eleven, we'll go there first. I think it's starting in verse two. Says, and the spirit of the Lord shall rest upon him, the spirit of wisdom and understanding, the spirit of counsel and might, the spirit of knowledge and the fear of the Lord. Now, does that sound like somebody that doesn't need God? You need all of those attributes of God in order to live. This is specifically talking about Jesus. He said, He shall make him a quick understanding. In the fear of the Lord. So that should be our prayer. That we would be of quick understanding in the fear of the Lord. And he shall not judge after the sight of his eyes. Neither reprove after the hearing of his ears. Well that will stop you from listening to gossip won't it? (laughs) You know the only thing that's true is what God tells you. And he shall make him, okay, but with righteousness shall he judge the poor and reprove with equity for the meek of the earth. And he shall smite the earth with the rod of his mouth and with the breath of his lips shall he slay the wicked. 
That's how God works. Works by his spirit through his word. And righteousness shall be the girdle of his loins and faithfulness the girdle of his reins. The wolf also shall dwell with the lamb. The leopard shall lie down with the kid and the calf and the young lion and the fatling together. And the little child shall lead them. And the cow and the bear shall feed. Their young ones shall lie down together. And the lion shall eat straw with the ox. The suckling child shall play on the hole of the asp. And the weaned child shall put his hand on the cockatrice's den. They shall not hurt nor destroy in all my holy mountain. For the earth shall be full of the knowledge of the Lord as the waters cover the sea. So these are the benefits of having the fear of the Lord. Overcoming evil in such a way that animals who were once enemies can now be friends. Every That, that adversarial relationship. The, the devil is so removed from from the life because the knowledge of God is increased because this is why the church fears the Lord so that it, the knowledge of God will increase not for us to to gain prominence in God and then start to compromise but that the knowledge of the Lord will increase see the knowledge of the Lord will increase it's so important for us to keep that fear of the Lord no matter where this journey in God takes us because so many times God will confer uh, the blessing on his servants and when they like Moses said once you get into that land you start getting things you didn't work for you know and God does that with many of his servants you know they'll people will just bring things to them because you know they're servants of God and they respect what you do and so forth and so on and he says don't let that turn you away to go serving other gods and time and time again that's exactly what happens to them they'll get you know excited about <clears throat> you know the private jet and the entourage and all that kind of stuff and then pretty soon you hear they've fallen off the radar some kind of way uh, just because they have let that become their God. It's so easy to do it. And so God wants us to have a, a certain witness in the earth. So that the knowledge of God increases not decreases. And it's going to be challenged. Because when you get prominent and they know it seems like the devil will stick a mic in front of your face. When he knows you have influence over lots of people. Especially the ones that, that want to be prominent. There's one thing to be prominent, but the other thing is to desire that and crave that and and let your your flesh start tasting of it. It's wrong. And so when that happens, the devil will find a way to challenge you as far as you increasing the knowledge of God. He'll want you to compromise and say, well, God understands homosexuality. It's not a sin and all this and all that just to so the knowledge of God will decrease. So we won't have this picture of the peace of God in the earth the way Isaiah describes it. That that goes away. So there, the strife and contention increases. So then we've got people uh, killing young people just because they look 
a certain way to them. You know, the devil stirs people up to get him fearful and anxious and excited and, you know, murdering each other. He likes that stuff instead of the peaceful way of life where people can live together in peace and harmony. You know, not in sin, but in peace and harmony. And so it's a <clears throat> it's something that to challenge the believer to continue to live for God. You know, just continue to live for God because it's worth it. See, when the knowledge of God begins to increase, there's no stopping it. It it develops a life all of its own. And then the whosoever wills can come and hear. They can all come and taste and see that the Lord is good. And they can receive the Lord. Psalm 112, starting in verse 1, says, Praise ye the Lord. Blessed is the man that fears the Lord, that delights greatly in his commandments. Delights greatly. You're not wishy-washy about what God's word says. You have a zeal there. You delight greatly in his commandments. His seed shall be mighty upon the earth. The generation of the upright shall be blessed. Wealth and riches shall be in his house. And his righteousness endures forever. Means that he will have an inheritance in righteousness in this earth. Might be people that you've led to the Lord will lead other people and so forth and so on. But your righteousness endures forever. Unto the upright there arises light and darkness. Got problems? Just keep keep worshiping God and meditating on the word. That answer will come to you. Oh, my answer will come to you. Light will just spring up out of darkness. You know, and you won't have to wait long for it. Huh? There's a word somewhere, a word of knowledge, word of wisdom, something will drop on you, and, and you'll be able to get that answer right away. <clears throat> He's gracious and full of compassion and righteous. A good man shows favor and lends. He will guide his affairs with discretion. You'll be a discreet person. You you won't run off at the mouth and say the wrong thing or lose something or be abrupt in, in your ways with anything, but you will you'll be able to guide your affairs with discretion. And you will not be moved forever. You will not be moved. You know, just fear the Lord, stay under God. And you can can take a stand and you'll continue on that stand. First Samuel twelve and verse I think it's verse twenty four says only fear the Lord and serve him in truth with all your heart for consider Consider how great things he has done for you. Whenever you get tempted to just turn your back on God. I've been serving him too long and I'm not getting this and I'm not getting that and I'm not satisfied. and You don't know what I have to go through. It says consider the great things he's done for you. Consider those things. How many great things he has done for you. This was Samuel's word to the children of Israel. You know, he was pleading with them 
not to go off and, and serve other gods. They were pushing Saul to do this and pushing. They wanted a king, somebody they could push around because that's exactly what they did. Um, but God, he warned them. He said, you know, if you're ever tempted to not want to serve the Lord, just stop yourself. And then start to think about all the great things that he's done for you. If you can't think of any, ask him to tell you. You'll be happy. The Holy Spirit will bring to your remembrance everything that God's done for you. Mm-hmm. Then you got to think about what have I done for him lately. That's what I always do. I said, well, Lord, you know, it'll bring you to shame. You've done all this for me. What have I done for you lately? Huh? Think about it. Proverbs one twenty nine. Those that hate knowledge choose not to fear the Lord. Many times you people don't want to know what God thinks about things. They don't want to know what the truth is. They don't want to because they they choose not to fear the Lord. They choose just walk in the ways of the world. And then they'll hate knowledge. Those are the ones you don't cast your pearls in front of, you know. Just let them come to God. Let them come to understand what they need from God. You know, some people think God, you're supposed to debate people and when they talk about the Bible. Just let them go on their merry way. You know, don't don't try to divulge too much to them. But, you know, as God leads you, then you witness and so forth. But um, a lot of times people don't respect God because they don't want to know. They don't want the truth. They don't want God messing up their little happy time because there's an in, there's an ignorance there and there's lack of knowledge because sometimes people want that. They don't want to know how to be blessed. They don't want to know how to be saved. All of those things. You that fear the Lord, bless the Lord. Psalm 135.20 says that. If you fear God, then bless him. Say good things about him. Talk him up. Let other people hear about how great he is to you, how great he is in your life. See, you won't be afraid and ashamed to share Christ with people when you fear him, when you have a, a healthy respect of God and put him first in all things. It, you'll be hard-pressed not to talk about what good things he's done for you. You, know, you really won't be able to have much of a conversation without talking him up and, and lifting him up and, and praising him. Proverbs 22 and verse 4. It says, By humility and fear of the Lord are riches, honor, and life. Humility first, to humble yourself before God and worship Him. And we're not talking about worship in the sense of, you know, what we do in the sanctuary all the time. But there is a worship of God that comes in relationship with Him, where your your ears are open to His voice at all times. You're aware that He He. It wants to speak through you. He wants to uh, move through you. Where he wants you to be his servant and so forth and so on. So there is that aspect of humility 
and fear of the Lord. And the Bible says that riches and honor and life. What more could you want? Riches, honor, and life for those who serve and fear the Lord. Now, if we're we're a man pleaser, then we won't have those things, because, <clears throat> like I said, the world is 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 based upon pleasing man. What does the next guy think? And always comparing yourself with the next person, and so forth and so on. If you step out of that arena and step into the fear of the Lord, then there's only God to please. You know, the Bible says if your ways please him and God will lead you in the ways that that cause you to have peace with other people, peace with man and not always striving with man and not always butting heads with people and, you know, contention and all that kind of stuff. If you will fear him and put him first, he will guide and direct your steps. The Bible says even your enemies will be at peace with you. You know, they won't raise up against you and they won't try to confront you because God's protection is over you if you fear him. So the church that fears the Lord really, folks, it looks totally different than what we've seen uh, most of our lives. There's always been what they called a church within a church. You know, uh, that was a very familiar phrase when I was a, a new Christian. You know, there's a church within the church. And there's people that want to have a serious relationship with, with God, one that um, produces fruit that's God-directed, uh, that only wants to please God and only wants to bear the fruit of God. And that's what we want. That's what we want to be. We want to be that people that puts God first in everything. And there's such great benefits and such great rewards. You know, you can't can't even list them all because God is such a, a wonderful and a, a loving uh, God. He's even kind, the Bible says, to the thankful and the unholy. So, he, you know, he causes rain to come down on the just and the unjust, etc. So he blesses even those who don't fear him. How much more will he bless those that do? Amen. Father, we thank you for allowing us the opportunity to know and understand your word and what it really means to worship you, to respect and put you first in all things, to have that fear of the Lord in our mouths and in our hearts at all times. So we thank you, Lord God of heaven and earth, for blessing us with these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Praise God. If anybody needs prayer, come on up. I'll